welcome to episode 54 of In The Saddle podcast. Done a bit of a special this week. Um, I am no longer the captain of the ship. Katie Clements will be driving the conversation this evening. Um, so I'm part of the usual suspects gang tonight with Lucky Loaders and Paul Callahan. Katie Clements, you have the floor, Captain. Thank you very much, Mark. A uh, bit strange having to take over. Um, it'll be interesting to hear your selections for a change. Hopefully you'll have more luck than I've had for the last couple of weeks. Um, so how is everyone? Chris, yourself, good week? Yes, yeah, not been too bad. Glad that now we've uh, getting into this Christmas period. I always love this time of year. Not because it's Christmas and you get to spend time with the family. I love the racing. My favourite part about Christmas is the night before, looking at the full fields, working out my bets for Boxing Day. That's my that's my uh, favourite time of year. Just uh, sitting down with a bottle of beer and going through those riders and runners, trying to work out some winners for Boxing Day. And hopefully we'll have a good Christmas and find a few winners on here. Well, this year you can't be um, depending on spending time with the family, can we? Um, all things considered, COVID-wise, um, which I believe Mark is pretty pleased about. Hey, Mark. How's it going, Katie? Um, I'm good. Opened the biscuit tin last week, um, putting on a, few, on a few pounds. I um, finished up with work this afternoon, so been studying hard. Got a bit of an eye opener when I looked at some of these prices. Um, feeling like a bit of Paul Callahan here, taking his lead and tipping a couple of favourites, but feeling confident. Maybe, maybe found a few at a price, um, but I think this week's episode will be fun. And then finally, Paul, how are things your end? Yeah, flying. Had the last couple of days off. Done a bit of Christmas shopping, so back into work tomorrow, and I finish up Christmas Eve at five thirty. So looking forward to it. Wrote to Santi there a couple of weeks ago, and I hope he'll, he'll bring me a couple of winners now over the Christmas, and I'll be delighted. Okay, so shall we dive right in then with our first race that we're covering, which is. On Boxing Day, 26th of December at Kempton, the 150 Badbrooks Quarto Star Novices Chase, Grade 1. Shall we go to Paul first? Yeah, I'm going to go. I think Kaluki's interesting. But I think he finished third. He was a good winner two starts ago at Newbury. He finished third towards the end of November behind in a race won by Next Destination. But slight concern. I could see him running well. But slight concern would be he's had a hard, he had quite a hard race at Newbury on his last start. But I'm going to give the nod here to the big breakaway. Do you know all the hype? He had a nice introduction at Cheltenham back in the at the open meeting. I didn't think he lost a whole pile in defeat behind Bold Plan. Um, he was quite green in in front and his ears flickering and, and what have you. And I, I think he just got caught for. Got called for a toe, I think, both physically and mentally. And I, I'm going to go, he's stepping up. But two, two and a half round Exeter would almost be the equivalent to three miles around Kempton. Exeter is quite a stiff two and a half. But I'd imagine that was just to to bring him on mentally more than anything else. And um, I'd, I'd fancy the big breakaway to get back on track here. Yeah. yeah, I could agree with you there. I think last time out, he had a lot of hype around him. And I don't think there was anything to dislike. Um, he's still a young horse um, and is talented. So, yeah, it's his for the winning, really. Um, what do you guys think, Chris? 
Yeah, I can disagree more actually about the big breakaway. I, I would I would be taking him on every single day of the week. I thought his performance was very lackluster. Exeter, I can see why some people might think they they decided to give him a run at Exeter just you know, to sharpen him up, but to me, like his he just really lacked the enthusiasm that day. If you go back and watch the race replay. Robbie's having to encourage him, ask him for a big effort, and he just didn't look in the mood for it at all. Um, Tizard's team as well, like they're really hot and cold at the moment. When you think they're going to have a winner, they don't. And then when you look at some of their outsiders, that's when sometimes it's it pays to follow them. So I, I couldn't really have the big breakaway here, despite him having a lofty rep- reputation. I thought the obvious candidate was Sean Blue. Uh, who I think someone else might fancy as well a little bit later on for the Skelton boys. Um, done nothing wrong so far at all. Two out of two over fences. The only slight concern is we haven't seen um, him jump this way round yet. Both his wins at Weatherby. The form worked out okay last time from Weatherby because Snow Lapidus, who finished second for Charlie Longston, went and won a decent handicap at Haydock. So the form looks rock solid. I don't think this is a particularly good renewal. We've seen good horses over the years. You might remember when Le Bagawa won it. We had top of the game, Santini in that race. So it's normally a classy race, normally one of the key trials for the RSA. But I thought Sean Blue would be the one. And I know he is favourite in the market, but I think uh, I think he, he fully deserves to be and he would be the way I would be siding. And uh, Mark, who are you siding with here? Quite keen on Shamblue for Dan and Harry Skilling as well. Um, one with ease the last twice at Weatherby. Um, this is a huge step up in class. Only a six-year-old, looks classy, um, can make his presence felt here. I mean, he ran in top top races last season behind Envoy Allen in the Ballymore at Cheltenham. Um, second to Shushkin in the Sydney Banks Memorial, Novice Hurdle at Huntington. I mean, I think he could easily be a 160 chaser. Um, actually put down on my notes cracking each way bet here um, and obviously I looked at the price actually <laughs> 7 to 4 I was actually expecting about a 5 to 1 to uh, Paul Callahan's amusement um, I can see both Paul and Chrissy's angle with the big breakaway um, I think he, he could maybe be a wee bit inconsistent I, could you put a line through that last run I'm not sure but he was under pressure quite a long way out um, I don't Paul Callahan disagreed. Go on, Paul. Yeah, um, I don't. I think if we, I think if you hit, if you watch the race the last day at the line, he was actually starting to, to gain on the the winner as they hit the line. I, I don't think it was so much pressure. I just think it was. I think he was just being a bit leery. I think he would be would have been better with a lead, and I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't mature, um, rather quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if connections off for headgear. I think it was just more out of, out of attitude than than a case of him being been outpaced or anything. I think he was just being a bit leery. But at, at the line, he was starting to, when he got headed, he was starting to actually, the winner wasn't putting any more daylight between him. He was starting to close the gap again. So I think he's, yeah, I think he just could be saving a little bit more for himself. I think it was a good ride by Sean Bowen on the winner on both planks. I think you could see what was going on in front of him and he just waited to the last, quickened past him as a length and as you see, second was coming back, but he just nicked the race on the flat, didn't he? Um, and he sat directly behind the big breakaway. He didn't yeah. sit in the wing mirrors, giving him a chance to. He just he sat directly behind him and then pulled out and came with one run to specifically just to, to nab him. Exactly. Um, he didn't give the big breakaway any time to, to respond. It's yeah, fine. clever. 
I was actually on the phone to Chris Loder at the time, and we were just watching Betfair and running. And like he was just, he was like, even like three, four out, Chris was like, what price is he? And I'm like, he's he's fours on. And so Chris was like, are you sure? Is your internet working? I was like, yeah, he's still four fours on. And like, even coming to the last, he's still, what, 1.6, 1.7? Um, but yeah, I think some people got their fingers burnt there. But going back to uh, the race at Kempton, uh, the novice star, Cato star, novice race, Sham Blue for me, um, I think he's, I think he's a 160 horse. Um, I think he'll take all the beating, um, but skinny enough, seven to four. Um, but I think the one to beat. Yeah, I mean, um, so we've got we've got Shan Blue, who currently best price available is two to one, um, and then the big breakaway at eleven to four. Um, is this going to be a match bet race? We yes. shall see. the words of my mouth. Like, this could be an early match bet or an, or an early bath for someone. Chris Loder, do you want to take the the Chamblou match bet here, or will I take the honours? You, you you can do the match bet this week. I I only get them out when I'm now confident. I think it's like two nil, isn't it? Um, so or two one or something. So with uh, Katie, they're still waiting for that wine. Um, don't yeah, know. I don't. I, I've lost your address. Yeah, bl- blame COVID. Um, it's lost in the mail. Um, yeah, I'll I'll take a match bet. Um, fair enough. Uh, what's what's the what's the loser going to have to do? Bottle of whiskey, Paul. I don't like whiskey. Oh, yeah. I just can't believe Sean Blue so short. I thought thought he would have been a bigger price. <laughs> I I did think that as well, Paul. So I I sort of agree with you there. But yeah, I think it's too short for me. I had to go elsewhere. okay then so if we move on to the next race it is the 225 labrooks christmas hurdle grade one um shall we start with we'll start with mark this time it's actually a race that well i was going to say revolved around i mean obviously epiton at the top of the bang um, one to two, best price available. Chris Loder's favourite horse, Goshan, is obviously an angle in this race as well. Um, it could just be another case of printing more money. And um, 10 to one for the win. Another place lay. I mean, it looks pretty nailed on. Um, do you either place lay Goshan or do you back Epitonte, um, who looks a steering job, jumps he wins at one to two? Um, take your pick. You could do both if you want. Um, it, looks, it looks quite straightforward, this race. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see if Goshen does get the run after the reports from his last run. Um, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I think it, it looks like one-way traffic, doesn't it, for Epiton on, on, on paper. But I think it's interesting that they're running Goshen again so quickly after he had that fibrillating heart issue, if I can ever say that word correctly. Um but yeah, it's interesting that they're gonna run him again so soon because he's already been jocked up. Jamie Moore is already in in the jockey bookings department, so um, so it does look like they're gonna run him. And you have to say that last season, okay, yes, he was he was obviously gonna win the triumph if he hadn't unseated Jamie Moore, but all his best form had come right-handed, and he's gonna be going right-handed here. And they gave him a strange ride last time. He was very keen early and they tried to settle him in behind the pace. And we never seen him do that before. So if they do reverse to positive tactics going this way round, this is where we're finally going to judge Goshen, you know. And I think 
if if he didn't win and still finished second or third, then we can say, look, we've got a a good horse back on our hands again, you know. But if if he flops here, there's no excuses really. Okay, maybe the heart issue, but there's really no excuses because he would have probably, I you could say, had his optimum. Uh, conditions the one i would play with though if i were to have a bet i would look in the without market because i think that would be quite interesting i think silver silver streak is nailed on to finish second it's got a fantastic record at kempton two wins over the course and distance uh ran really well in this race last year arguably was unlucky against song for someone you know a great horse loves the track ground shouldn't be a problem um yeah i think he's definitely uh, the solid uh, solid bet. And if you could maybe get uh, even two to one about him to finish second behind Epitome, I don't think that's a bad bet at all. So Silver Streak for me without Epitome. Uh, Silver Streak, currently best price available is six to one. So it's, it's worth a punt. Um, and Paul, what about yourself? I think maybe Floresta. She had a bit of a longer break than the, the rest behind. To be only slight concern with the other horses, um, Silver Streak. I'd agree with Chris. My only slight concern would be on the basis that that, that race might come a little bit quick. Joe you know, finished second. He had quite a hard hard race up the, the run in at Cheltenham. Um, I think Epitante wins and and wins well. Like I mean, she was unreal in the fighting fifth. Dara Jacob finished second on Soul Royal. Said he, I don't think he had been much quicker in his life. Come down to the final hurdle, and she just came by him like he was like like Soul Royal was ordinary. Um, but I think Floresta, who won at Newbury back on the 28th of November, she's had a nice break between races. She might just sneak a, she might just sneak a wee place there. Um, if it, I suppose it depends what way connections want to want to ride her with with Epitant in there. But I'd imagine if she was dropped in, it's a small field. She might just run on to finish second. I can't have gotten at all, not so much even from the last day, but because he was so far forward last year. He was so far ahead of the other juveniles. Um, I just didn't see where he was going to kick on and, and again, go step up another level because he was so far forward. Um, and that, that's always a worry, you know, when you have a horse as a three-year-old. And it would be a similar case this year. If you have a three-year-old that's so far ahead of the rest and then comes next year, you'd imagine there's something there along the lines will will eventually catch up with him. So I would be leaving Goshen if you want to lay a lay, but I certainly wouldn't be backing him to... To get involved, I'd be shocked if he does. If he gets involved, hats off to him. But I'd um, fancy Floresa at a price to follow Epitanto. Yeah, Floresa currently best price available is 20 to 1. So could be worth an each way shout there. I think, I think you're right about Goshen. I think he, he's just, he needs to prove to people before people start betting on him again. Although people still want to back him off of last year. He's the only four-year-old in the field, Floresa five, and then everyone else is older than that. So the four-year-old year is a tricky year, and he's up against some stiff competition. So even if he is fit and healthy, it's still a tough time for him. So we have got Chris Oda with a little each-way silver streak. Um, a tant for Mark and Floresa for Paul Callahan. Um, and then the next race, the one that everyone just keeps talking about, and now things are getting a bit more complicated, um, or maybe simpler, given that we're not going to have Irish horses over. Um, the three o'clock Labrooks King George Chase. 
Chris, shall we start with you? Yeah, you can do. Um, this is going to be a very good race. Even, obviously, Monley was due to run here, isn't going to turn up. It's a shame that there is going to be no Irish, rep Irish representation, but I think this is going to be a cracking race, and it's obviously all going to revolve around Paul Nichols, isn't it? And it does look, on paper, to be a match between the first two and the betting. Surname versus Clan de Zobo. I was with Clan last year. I was very fortunate to be working on... Um, King George Day at Kempton last year. It was a real privilege, probably the best day I've ever had at a race course. Also as well, because I did back Clan Zobo and nobody gave him a prayer that day. He was a forgotten horse because it was all between Lost in Translation and Surname. I think things are a little bit different though this year. I would be slightly concerned about Clan Zobo's last run, but Paul said he has come out in good shape, so you obviously have to sit up and take note there. Surname obviously was very impressive in the Charlie Hall. He proved to people that he can go left. Um, he can he can go left-handed, and the form has worked out okay because I right ran okay in the Labricks to finish in second place. So, the form has taken a bit of a boost there, but I just wonder against this opposition, is he going to have to step up again? Because you could uh, I would say that if uh, Clan Zobo replicated his Haydock win or his Haydock second in the Charlie Hall at Weatherby it probably would have looked kind of the same you know I'm not sure if surname really did prove to a lot of people that he's the top dog in in this kind of division you know so there are question marks for me Santini's interesting as well late um late uh, entrant after he's been supplemented but I'd think he would find this too sharp uh, for him uh the one I've been keen on for months is real steel for daryl jacob and paul nichols i suppose you might be able to get an extra place on the day if uh if um eight runners are declared there might be four places on offer with a few firms and i think real steel is really interesting it's got a great record going this way round, really unexposed as well over three miles only tried the trip once when he was very eye-catching in um the gold cup last year to finish in sixth ran well for a long way in that race and just petered out in the closing stages this um kind of trip the the sharp nature of the track i think would really suit him daryl jacob as well is also a very interesting jockey booking he's had a pipe opener i wouldn't be too disappointed about the christies i think this was always the, the main name you know they had to start with him somewhere he bumped into imperial aura who's been really improving this season and I just think it could be a case many of our older listeners might remember. I think it was back in the early 80s, there was a, a legendary trainer called Michael Dickinson. And he trained, I think, the first five home or something in the King George. And he also as well did something, a similar feat in the Gold Cup. And with the four Nichols runners here, maybe he could uh, saddle the first four in the King George. wouldn't put it past, past him. I'll try and see if I can get a price on that, actually. I wonder what kind of price you could get. But yeah, I, I, I think away from the front two... I think real steel is quite a big price, and I could think, and I think on the day he could be slightly shorter, and one maybe where the market comes for. So, real steel for me, at a double figure price. Yep, currently best price available sixteen to one. I've seen a lot of people um, on online today saying that their bet for this race would be real steel each way. Paul Carham, what are you thinking? I'm going to side with Lost in Translation, but to faith, he was beaten a long way out. Um, at, at Haydock in the best bear this time around, I thought the body language of, of Robbie Power. I know the ground was was pretty heavy, and I know Robbie in a in a interview on television before the race, he's more or less said that, that the ground had gone against him. Um, question mark would another question mark, and maybe there's too many to for people to invest. 
But I do. I love the horse, but I I don't like the fact that he, he ran such a bad race in it last year, and nothing ever came to light, which I'd be slightly concerned of. Again, I don't I don't think he was beaten after three or four fences last year, um, which is not the track grounds. You know, you don't need to literally jump three fences and he was off the bridle. So I, you know, it's going to be drier ground this time round, and I I would fancy him. Well, I am going to fancy him and sit to get back on track. One that I wouldn't put people off at a bigger price getting having a couple of quid each way is the Root Jefferson train waiting patiently. He's some bits in a decent form. Wouldn't have many miles on the clock. It's only his, his 14th start in total. He's 11th over fences. He was third at Sandown when last seen in December of last year. It's over a year ago in the Tingle Creek behind Deffy Desai. And before that, he was third at Aintree behind Min. But some of his form throughout, he unseated quite early on. I think it was the ninth fence in this race back in 2018, and he was quite well fancied for that race. I think it was the last fence with a circle to go. He got badly hampered. He was still going quite well, but he was he was fancy for the race. His horse has obviously had his problems since. There's very little mileage on the clock, but for anyone who's not a, a lost in translation, Surname was exceptional, I thought, in the in the Charlie Hall. But, and I think Santini would be quite happy following a, a steam train the length of England. Um, but I think that's that's a, I I don't I wouldn't I'm not a Santini fan I would question his attitude I'm not a, a massive fan of the horse I think he's a bit of a dude he obviously is quite a, a character but um I think he would be quite quite he reminds me a little bit of a horse that was at Howard Johnson that Smart Prescott had a horse called Chivalry it, his engine was unbelievable and you would make if you sat ten lengths off the lead horse in a piece of work you would have them caught no matter what the horse was you were following he would have them caught in strides. But as soon as he would go and neck up on the lead horse, that was he would just pull himself up. He might as well stop. And he kind of reminds me of him. Like he's, I'd imagine he's quite a character at home. But um, I'm going to side with Lost in Translation, but I definitely wouldn't put anyone off having a couple of quid each way on waiting patiently. Yeah, Lost in Translation, currently 15 to 2, best price available, um, and waiting patiently. Not his biggest fan in the world, um, but he did have the window up after this race last year he has now got a run maybe he'll pull it out of the bag for us mark what do you think watch through the messenger but i i like santini here um i was all over on the entry last time out um, i think it was unfortunate to run into lakeview lads nick alexander stable was flying at that time and the sort of the complex of that race changed completely and especially as well like during that weekend, the Nick and Henderson horses were they were running terribly that weekend. I know that straight after that call, Lucky Loaders was on the phone scheming, saying should we place lay this next favourite? And as you know, it obliged, it's tailed off. Um I mean, I believe under normal circumstances last time I entry, I think the horse would have won um with normal jump jumping circumstances. Um look at his form, it's been a neck in last year's Cheltenham Gold Cup, he stays. Won't mind a bit of cut on the ground. And obviously, I'm in Hammersmith just now, and it's been bucketing it down all week. So I think it'll be on the heavy side uh, come Boxing Day. Um, I know a lot of punters won't touch him due to the flat track element at Kempton, but I would really be amazed if he's out the three here. Um, he reminds me of Don Cossack a bit, if he's running still, the way he runs on. Um, needs a lot of cajoling. Um, he's currently 7-1, to 6-1 to one in places. Um, I'd also like to add with Paul Callahan waiting patiently, I think he's made a good point there. I mean, sorry, the forgotten horse from the north was four to one that day in 2018, unseated rider. Um, and every chance trip could be a concern. However, I mean, he runs well fresh. 
could be a and I mean I, I when I looked at it, he was twenty to one. So obviously Paul Callan's had a few quid on because he's sixteen to one now, best price. Um but I'd, I'd want to be against the top two in the betting. Um and it sort of fills me with confidence that we're all no one's really going for Clanders of Boris surname. We're trying to find some value elsewhere. Um that backfired for us though, Charlie Hall. <laughs> yeah. Spectacular fashion. Yeah, it didn't work out too well, did it? No, with um sorry, with surname and Clanders Oboe, how do we feel about the jockey booking? So obviously Cobden would have the pick and he sided with surname. What do we think of that, Chris? Yeah, he was always gonna he was always gonna pick surname. Sam picked up the ride last year, Sam Twizen Davis and and I think ever since then Sat, they Nichols has been quite happy to keep Sam on him. Obviously, you're right. Cobden would have got the pick of both horses, but I just think there's something about surname that Cobden obviously likes, and the way they talk about how he's changed from being a bit of a, I think it was a bit of a tearaway, to now like being the real deal. Uh, I think they can't believe his transformation, and they've been so bullish about him. But Nichols has said in his quotes that. He he he. People keep asking him all the time, who who who's better, surname or clan? And he really, honestly, he can't tell you. He 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 really thinks that they're pretty neck and neck. And that's why I made the point. Even though I we all we all sat up and thought, oh surname, wow, what a performance! Like if I reckon Clan Dezobo could have done that, or another one of these horses in here, and we would be all raving about it. Even though surname wasn't out of second gear really and you have to to admit he was very classy that day i think there's a few in here that could have put in a similar performance so that's and i know we did get our fingers burnt with surname that day yeah we definitely got egg in our face that day chris but yeah i just i'm sensing the lay button coming from chris loader here it could be loader's lay i know i I wouldn't i wouldn't be laying in this race at all because i i think you can't rule a lot of these out um I, i i honestly don't uh, I think it's a fascinating race. Definitely going to be the race o- over the Christmas period, isn't it? Um, yeah. I-, I mean, if I had to nail my colours to the mast, I think I would just probably go with Clan Loyalty because I backed him last year. And obviously he's got an unbelievable record here, won the last two renewals, you know. And that would be a question mark for surname, you know. And and, from, and Clan's done it against some of these horses where surname hasn't yet, you know. He's beaten arguably inferior rivals and yes okay he beat out to your and he won over two and a half miles but he's not done it over this trip against these rivals so he still does have to answer that question mark it's a good question me. from katie chris regarding the jockey bookings because surname did get put away comfortably by clan why is he not even considering changing over um i'd say the reason behind that is though and it has come out since that uh, paul was quite confident that um that the run without you or just took it out on him. And I don't think it's nothing to do with like the jockey bookings as such. Um, I think this, the prep that he's had now, I've read a couple of times, I've read a couple of times that he was, Paul wanted to run him in the Charlie Hill to give him enough time to run at, at Kempton because he's best here. He, or he runs his best form after a break. Think about how well he did to get him fit for, for the Charlie Hill and also as well to beat Altior last year, you know, he was so fit and ready on the day. And that's exactly the the um, the angle he had in with Clan last year. With Clan last year, he ran him in the Down Royal chase 
and then he had enough time to come into the King George and that that again that could be a negative what I said about Clan Zobo did that run at Haydock even though Nichols said he's okay is it going to come a bit too soon for him because it did look very attritional that day so there's a few different angles and it's very difficult to work out but yeah anyway I should shut up now it is it's the race I'm most looking forward to I think it's really interesting and I think there's some really special horses there and you can't argue with Paul Nichols if he's going to enter horses into this race it's because he think there's a reason for them to be there and having four in is a bold statement for sure um it'll be interesting to see how that pans out so we've got chris loader with a real steal each way at 16 to 1 um paul callahan sticking with his love for lost in translation best price available 15 2 with a little each way on waiting patiently best price 20 to 1 and mark keeping faith with the one that many people aren't keeping faith with, Santini, best price thirteen to two. Like these prices, keep them coming. Um, I love it. <laughs> uh, completely alien and new to this, but we'll see what people think. I guess. So leaving Kempton um, and heading to Weatherby for the two o five William Hill Roland. How do I say this? Merrick Handicap Chase, Grade 3, Chris Loader. Well, arguably the people up north, this is their race of the Christmas period. They absolutely love it. It's actually normally quite a good race, actually, for some of the stay and chases, some of the nationals. I remember Lakeview Lads has won this in recent years. It's normally a pretty decent race. Um, and I think this year's renewal looks quite interesting as well. There's a lot of horses that could go on to bigger and better things. I think Spirit of the Games is really interesting, stepping up in trip. Snow Leopardess as well. We spoke about the Sham Blue form. Um, she's going to be interesting. You've got York Hill in there. But I thought I'd take a chance on um, taking risks. I thought I'd take a risk on him um, for Nicky Richards. Um, a bit of an old boy now, but has done very well in the last couple of seasons. You might remember he won the Scottish National and he ran well in this race a couple of years ago, actually behind um, behind Lakeview Lad and Captain Chaos. That was quite a good renewal of the race that year. Finished in third place. Um, not a, a massive race. I've got uh, not a race. I've got a massive opinion about. Um, there's quite a few in here. I think you can give chances to. But I just thought um, taking risk. I think he'll be spot on for this. I thought his run at uh, Newcastle was fairly promising. Um, behind York Hill, you know, that was a bit of a messy race, but I still think he ran quite well in that. And I, and I thought um, he's coming in here as well, a second run after a wind up, which is always a popular angle. I just thought uh, a track that he's run well at in the past and a race he's run well at in the past, that bit of an each way flyer he would do for me. Lovely stuff. So taking risks, I had to scroll down a little way to find him. He's uh, currently best price available at 14 to 1. Um, but I think I'm going to have to scroll even further down the odds to find Mark's selection for this. Yeah, you might break the mouse, but it's the one you're going to have to do. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm quite keen on Trevor Hemming's um, champagne mystery. I think he's 20 to 1. You find me about a 25 to 1 there, Katie Clements? Uh, not so far, no. 21 is showing as the best that I can find. Yeah, um, 
Small chance, I think. Um, obviously, for Nicky Henderson, still only a six-year-old. Disappointing last time um, with Cheltenham behind Imperial Aura at the festival. I mean, that was a hot race. Um, Imperial Aura, I mean, that was a good race. Fell last time out quite early on. I just think this this is a weak race. Um, stepping up to three mile for the first time. I think the key to this horse, sort of looking at the video replays, is just getting the horse into a rhythm early. I think that if if Nico can just get him jumping, is it Nico on board or is it Jeremy? I don't think he's jumped up yet. Okay. Nico will be a counter. So it could be Mr McGrath, it could be on board, which isn't a negative. Um, I just think that, yeah, he rode the horse to charm, so I'd assume that he'll be on. I just think the key to the horse is getting an early rhythm, um, getting the confidence up. I just think he could surprise a few at tasty odds. I think he's worth a small each way. First time stepping up to three miles. As I say, one three nine. Um, he's not overly handicapped. Could surprise a few. Um, and do it with Betfair. Could you get an additional place? Be smart. Gamble responsibly. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't find that out at the moment. So I'm not logged in to my Betfair account. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Callahan, what are you thinking? I'm thinking Mark Satnav broke down when he was looking through the race there. He ended up down the bottom of the, of the pilot. I don't know what happened. Um, I think try it sometimes, Paul. <laughs> I I think it's I'm gonna go between narrow it down between the Dutchman and Wandering Star. Um the Dutchman, he was trained by a, a bit of a, a genius, I think, Tristan Davison. He used to ride a bit with Tristan. And um, an incredible worker. He used to get up and do a milk round at like half three or something in the morning and then deliver milk. I think then after that he milked cows and then he was he was in to ride out and then off to the races. An incredible grafter and an incredible horseman who does very well with with, with the, the ammunition he has. Slight concern with the Dutchman is he, he was quite a hard race when finishing second behind another astute trainer, Oliver Greenall's late romantic at Haydock back on the 2nd of December and one who's just had an extra time between his race was Wandering Star who was second on his seasonal reappearance at Ascot which was his first start since having a wind operation behind the John Joe Needle train Coenta and Wandering Star was quite keen on that occasion and I think that run would have just knocked the, the gassiness knocked the freshness off him and I think this that run should have left him spot on so I think at a bit of a price I, I like the Kim Bailey train Wandering Star Okay, so to round off the 205 at Weatherby, we have got Chris Loder signing with Taking Risks. Currently best price available is 14 to 1. Mark with Champagne Mystery with 20 to 1. Currently best price available. And Paul um, split between The Dutchman and Wandering Star, both currently at 10 to 1. So, heading over to Sunday, back to Kempton, uh, the 27th of December, 2.30, Labrooks Desert Orchid Chase. Shall we start with Mark? I think this race looks pretty straightforward, um, similar to Epitone. I think Altior is going to take all the beating. Um, I know there's about four or six available. I would be hoovering that up. That's basically Christmas money for me. I think he's he looks it looks very very straightforward here. Um, I I'm just looking through the form here. I just I can't I can only see him beating himself or for something drastically to go wrong here. I think he jumps, he wins. I just think that he's just far too good for for this field. Um, definitely the one to beat. 
Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, wondering if anyone else has a bit of a different angle, maybe Chris? Yeah, I think I might just take out your on. I mean, obviously, there's nothing more to be said about him. You know, he's been one of the best horses we've ever seen so far in this millennium. You know, um, it's really hard to, to, to knock him. He's undefeated over this trip. However, he is 10, 10 now. He's getting on. Um, I really still probably the horse to beat in the UK over this trip. However, it is a bit concerning that we didn't see him at Sandown for the Tingle Creek. Um, so that that is something just would be at the back of my mind. And also as well, I just wondered if the the track around Kempton, even though he's won there in the past and been very good and has won this race, I just wondered if there was a few in here that might put it down for him, put it down to him. Because there's a couple in here that I think are really interesting and I think the track would suit. Um, and the one I thought was I might take a chance with was Rouge Vif, who I think is at his best when he's out there making the running. And I was looking through the race trying to think what's going to be making the running. Now, there is a few in here that probably would like to make the running. However, I just thought if there wasn't and he got loose on the lead he could be really interesting i thought he ran a very good race at sandown on ground that ideally wouldn't normally be his cup of tea even though it there was a massive debate obviously around the ground that weekend at sandown um but still it wouldn't have with, with it being soft it still wouldn't have been his optimum he, he likes good to soft and i know mark said earlier that it could be on the heavy side at kempton but soft ground at kempton is different soft ground to lots of other courses because the track normally drains very well so i would say it probably will be on i reckon it'd be good to soft actually by um by by the time they get to this race and he doesn't have to your question sorry for interrupting i was listening to what you were saying about taking altior out um sandown i mean that that was the same day santini ran um and that was all the henderson horses ran terrible that day do you think nikki I know we actually spoke about this off camera. Do you think Nicky purposely took him out because he knew the horses weren't right? Uh, I mean, possibly. Uh, they 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 said without you that it was all that that situation. I mean, don't really want to go over it too much because there's so much been said about it. But the the, the thing was about Outio. They had the conversation on the Friday because there was two uh, days of racing at Sandown. After after a few favourites got beat on the Friday, um, they they came in and Nico said, yeah, the ground's on the soft side and and it could be quite testing work. But then you look at Altior, obviously, in all his good form, had come on soft ground. He's handled soft ground and it was arguably heavier when he won the race two years ago. So it is very... There's lots of ways you can look at that debate I don't think he would have withdrawn him because um, the horses were in bad form. Maybe they just thought it wouldn't have suited their ground. You don't tend to think of Henderson horses being proper sloggers. Um, and this, because he is an old boy now, probably would be... Obviously, the, the main aim is to go back for the champion chase. I know like loads of people said, oh, the Tingle, Rake's still a, Tingle Creek is still an established race, and it is. But obviously, everybody wants to see him 
get his champion chase and come back for it. So, I think an angle with that is, although, yeah, they said they withdrew because of soft ground, um, and to a punter, soft is soft and good is good. But to people that ride, soft ground isn't always the same. It can be soft and holding. It can be just soft. Um, so you don't know, if you've not ridden around it, you don't know what it feels like. And also what was really interesting was listening to Lydia Hislop um, and Ruby Walsh last night talking about poker faces in racing. For all we know, Altior could have got a little cut that meant he missed a couple of days' work. And it's not severe and it's not worth reporting, but also it could affect his chances, so what's the point in running him? And I don't know, I, I like him for this race. Um, Paul, you've probably got a bit of a better insight because you've done a bit more riding than, well, a lot more riding than I have. What do you think? No, I, I still haven't a clue, Katie, to be honest. <laughs> no, I think I no, I agree. I think there's more. I think there's more to it than the ground. Whether it's a case that the horse is a little bit older, and like all sports men and women, that as you get older, you do need to, to look after the body a little bit more. You know, you you just don't like as the jockey gets older, the body just doesn't bounce like it used to. So even a jockey has to protect themselves a little bit more when they when they get older. Like Frankie, it's always not going to go to to Wolverhampton on a Monday to ride a, a five furlong maiden first him out for a trainer that he's never heard of or, or that wouldn't regularly ride for do you know but he's 50 and, and he's trying to prolong the, the longevity of his career I think maybe that could have been something similar here but I can only can only assume I think if Altior turns up I think he wins and as the, the prices would, would reflect that but a, a lot is safe on trust but if Altior turns up he wins a horse that I Slightly, I'm a massive fan of, and I followed him throughout his career since I seen him win it his bumper at Chepso years gone. I kind of feel that he didn't scale the heights that I thought he would have once upon a time. Is Bundoran? It's been quite disappointing this season. Like he was a well beaten seventh in the the Holden Gold Cup at Exeter back in November, and he was comfortably held when last seen finishing fifth in the in the Peterborough chase behind Mister Fisher. Um. I think he he'd like it around here. An old an old Bundoran might might just at a price he might just give you a run if you get a couple of quid each way, nothing major, just small money, just for a bit of a bit of crack. Um, Bundoran might give you a good good run for your money. Yeah, he's currently fifty to one best price available. Um, whereas Chris's each way shout is currently seven to one. Can you refresh your browser and check that for that selection from Paul Callahan? Just to make sure it's fifty. I marks that now. <laughs> that that Paul Callahan selection <laughs> that I have written down is Altior. I think that's that. He's took us that now with uh, Champagne Mystery. Uh, trying <laughs> to get the Very very <laughs> lost. I'm um actually really interested in Chris's selection for this with um Rajvik um. Harry Whittington's horses haven't been running for the last couple of weeks. Um, I believe one of their their horses was out of action and not very well, and a lot of the horses weren't running to form, so they just took some time to regroup. So it'll be interesting to see how they come back now. 
Can we get a match for here? Me and Paul Callahan on Altior. <laughs> or a, a Harrods hamper. I think we can all agree that Altior is is without a doubt gonna win this unless something goes horrendously wrong. Yeah, I think any racing fan would love to see him come back and, and win as well, wouldn't we? Yeah. I could all think to be mm. anyone would want to come back and see him being beat. Um, I think it's interesting what Katie said with the horses, with the Whittington horses out of form or, you know, with something possibly lying on the yard because when that happens, yards say that I was involved with, if, if there is a virus or, or what have you in the yard, sometimes it can often be quite hard to to shake off and you find sometimes it can certainly, it can lie, stay with them throughout the season. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one and like yeah. we said about Antioch, you don't always want to report these things. And yes, you've got like, you've got to think about punters, but you also need to think about your chances. Um, and do you, by declaring that something is wrong, jeopardize your chances in the races because people riding alongside you know that there's an issue. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'd be going for out yours for this as well. Um, but to wrap that one up, um we've got rouge biff currently best price available is seven to one altior um best price available is eight to 13 i believe which i know you say that's christmas money mark but it's not a lot of christmas money is it yeah. <laughs> and then bun doran best price available 50 to one so moving on to Chepso on the 27th, the 250 Coral Welsh Grand National Handicap Chase. Let's start with Paul. I like the Nicky Martin train to Amigos, which second on his last start at Chepso. Would have a little bit to find with Secret Reprieve on that run. Who Secret Reprieve had him comfortably held by, was beaten by 12 lengths. I do see the two Amigos reversing that form. So I am I'm with the two amigos here. Matt Griffiths had a good winner, did a, a nice winner with Dash the Drasher. And um yeah, Matt Griffiths, I remember when he was based with Philip Hobbs, he's he's a, a job like very capable rider and certainly wouldn't be out of place with any of the, the bigger jobs in, in, in any yard either side of the or sea. Horse at a bigger price if anyone was having an each way bet. I like I do also like Big River here. It was a nice winner at Kelso. I remember was it three runs ago. He loved the ground, has a handy way to ten stone eight, and he will stay all day. He showed all the indications that he'll absolutely love it around here. So certainly wouldn't put anyone off back in Big River, but I'm gonna side with the two amigos. Yeah, speaking of Big River, I believe he's got another fan on the podcast. Yes. I think Paul Callan just uh seen my notes pre recording. Uh, yeah. I know you're keen on the Tipstar competition. You're keen, you're keen on training up for it next year. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to enter this this year, um, but I'll be there next year, so it'll be where. And I'll make sure that um, I'm right and ready, and I'll outline my form and all that nonsense, you know. <laughs> okay, so on to Mark. Who do you fancy? I think that Mr. Paul Callahan has seen my notes pre-recording. I'm all over Big River uh, for Lucinda Russell. Just exactly uh, what Paul said. Loves a bog. He's going to get it at Chepstow. Um, stays all day. 
it can be competitive of one for one. There's a lot in here that have stamina questions and just big river. You can just see him running on past beating horses at the end. Um, I think he's a massive each way selection. Um, I'll, I'm going win and place um, on the Betfair exchange. Um, it could be a nap. Um, got about a 28 to 1 today. I just think he's a massive price. Um, could be my nap. Interesting. Where did you get that? It's currently showing as best price available 20 to 1. Uh, I had a few quid on today, Katie. Um, so you've shortened it? Yeah, market mover, yeah. <laughs> So two relatively big prices. We've got twenty to one with Big River and the two amigos at ten to one. Chris, have you got anything shorter? Yeah, I'm going towards the top of the market here. However, I have earmarked this horse and I've said it many times uh since uh since I saw him run at Chepstow when he won over fences on debut on his chase debut, and that was um Springfield Fox for Tom George. This horse is so interesting and this has been plotted for this race uh it's a long time in the making um it was he's got a really interesting profile he, he started off in point to points and then he was um brought by tom george and then he was sent over hurdles but they didn't waste too long they only gave him uh three starts over uh hurdles uh last season and then he quickly went chasing he won by 12 lengths here on his chase debut in a novice handicap absolutely bolted up off mark 127 off 117 sorry he was put up 10 pound by the handicapper he then absolutely bolted up again on his next start at exeter winning 17 lengths beating ocean cove didn't really get out of second gear that day i really fancied him to run well in the national hunt chase he unseated noel george early uh, or halfway through the race when he was still in contention you know so you can put a line through that run he's had a prep run already over hurdles i wouldn't read too much into that you know that was just to get get him sharp for this james burns already been booked which i do think is actually quite interesting i would have thought johnny burke might have taken the ride don't know if he's out out in the sidelines at the moment with a slight knock or something um but or maybe he's going to ride bandoran at kempton who knows but bandoran isn't dropped up at the moment but uh springfield fox this has definitely been the the plan he's he's obviously been well found in the market you know he's been the the um second favorite for, for the last couple of weeks for this race uh, and has been attracting lots of support, but to me, he just looks like an absolute plot job. I'm I would be surprised if he isn't better than his mark of 142. I think he's at least got 150 in his locker. It's well handicapped to me. I just think if he gets out towards the front, gets into a good rhythm, he's going to take all the beat in. And he's been my bet in this race since about February this year. So. Uh, I'm hoping the plot comes to fruition and Springfield Fox does the business. Fingers crossed for you, Chris. It's interesting. The three horses you've mentioned, you three guys have mentioned, are all dropped up when there's a lot of horses in the race that still aren't. Um, and Chris of the three, uh, your trainer Tom George, well, not your trainer, he's not training you, no. but training Springfield Fox um, currently has the best percentage run to form at the moment um, so it'll be interesting on day so chris loader springfield fox currently seven to one best price available paul callahan with the two amigos at ten to one and mark whose last name i've forgotten how to pronounce uh with big river 
best price available 20 to 1 at the moment. So from Chepstow to Leopardstown, the 110 Paddy's Rewards Club Chase Grade 1. Paul Callahan, I don't have your selection for this. What are you going for? No, it's a secret. <laughs> it better be good. <laughs> I think Shaka for a swallow, he's not really a walker man's priced. I think it'll be interesting to see with put the kettle on having to stay over here now. Um if she lines up there, who would Rachel Blackmore partner notebooks in there as well? I think and also the horse I'm gonna to come to is a Plutar, who got the better Shaka at this meeting last year. I think it's a massive price. Um I know he's a beating odds on favourite at Navin back on the, the 8th of November. Should strip bitter here. And I think a, a blue tower is, is a massive price. But I think jockey bookings are going to be interesting in this one. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. There's a lot to like in this race. Um, Chris, what do you think? Yeah, um, I would be very eager to take on Shakan Poursoir. I'm, I'm pleased that the guy's... Or well, I've been able to get him first with this stat. Since 2013, only one favourite has won this race, and that was Duvan at odds of 1-8. to eight. But if you look at some of the recent run-ins, Shakan was turned over in this race last year to a Plutar. Footpad was turned over by Simply Ned as well, and Footpad was a short price favourite that day. So these Willie Mullins hot, pot, hot pots are prone to getting beaten from time to time. So that would be something of note in this race for me. Shakan Poussoir, he couldn't have done much more in his win at Cork. However, I didn't think it I just think it was okay. You know, he didn't blow me away. The race completely fell apart, you know, and he didn't really beat much of note. This is proper a proper race for him. And I could definitely see Notebook and put the kettle on coming here. I think a Plutard might be going for the Savills, I've heard. I think they they want to go have an experiment up in trip. I think that's where where uh, the, the 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 vibes have been coming out of the De Bromhead yard. So it probably will be notebook and put the kettle on as their main two contenders. And I just think I might side with notebook. Um, I personally I don't know where Rachel Blackmore will go. I think she might stay with put the kettle on and maybe Mark Walsh might come in for notebook if that was the case. But who knows? But I just think notebook was very impressive last time um, at um, Nace destroying Fakir Duderi. Okay, yeah, he might not beat him much again, beat the same horses, actually, funnily enough, in Jingle and Cashback that Shakan Poussoir did. So, I agree, that's, that's pretty good form. Um, also, as well, he's unbeaten over the course and distance notebook, which is another positive. I would probably go with notebook to get the job done, and I think he can uh, overturn Shakan. I think it would be very close between them, but... I just think notebook. Um, I think I think he's I think he's uh, a real threat in this race and is not to be underestimated. So notebook would be my selection. Lovely stuff. I I really like the horse and I had a little bit on him on notebook last time it ran and it came in well. Um, I think I messaged you about it, Chris. So I'm happy to take it back out and it'd probably be my selection if I was selecting this week as well. Um, but I'm not. It's Mark. What do you think? Yeah, I'm the rotten egg in the party here. I'm quite keen on Shaquem Persoa. I just think he holds men on the Dublin Chase form at the start of this year in February. Still likely race for an eight-year-old. 
Um, I just think he can get the better of the Mullins, stablemates, Min and Mellon here. Um, I mean, I would actually lay a plus star for, even for a place here. I mean, I was, I was very disappointed um, getting turned over by Casper's Paddy at Navin. Um, obviously, that horse has ran since behind Palette Log at Sandown, travelling well and found absolutely nothing off the bridle. Um, he's had a lot of racing in a two-month period, um, Casper's Paddy, so he could be another place lay here. Um, I just think Shaka Pussoir is very, very classy. Um, pretty short here at one to two. Um, coming across like a bit of a bookmaker hack here with all these short price favourites. Um, but as Chris Lader, Lader said, I get his point with the stats, but then stats are there to be broken. Um, and Shaka Pussoir should should break this um, at Leperstown, the Piper's Rewards Club chase. And you a little plug-in from my work there as well. Did you like that? There you go, smooth as anything. Um, you've not picked too many short price ones, Mark. Don't worry, not as not as many as we've had on previously. Um, if you were going to go for an each way angle for this at a bigger price, what would you go for? Um, to be honest with you, um, I, I can't see past Shaq and Persuade. If I was going to have another bit in the race, I would lay a plus tart and Castle Grace Paddy in the winning place market. I'm not convinced with that form. More the latter, Castle Grace Paddy, um, that would be a big place lay for me. Okay, so next on the 28th of December, still at Leopardstown, we've got the 150 Christmas hurdle. Um, Chris Lider, what do you fancy? Yeah, um, this is going to be the Irish uh, Stairs hurdle uh, division, see where all of them are at. Obviously, Sada Burley, Fury Road, you know, going to be the challenges to Paisley and Tyne Hill and hopefully Roxana too, who ran a cracker, I thought. Um, but yeah, going back to the Irish lot, I thought Ronald Pump, I really am keen on this lad's chances. Has really come through the ranks um, in the last couple of years from the handicap division and ran very well last, uh, last time at the Cheltenham Festival uh, when he finished second in the stairs hurdle at 20 to 1. I don't think he'll be that kind of price if he turns up there on the day, you know, but he's really improving rapidly and he bumped into Honeysuckle last time out over two and a half miles. He, he needs every inch of three miles. He needs further up in trip, but I thought it was a very encouraging run and he had to give a honeysuckle seven pounds that day so to be with half a length and absolutely steaming home at the end was very good um sad burley i know a lot of people like him but i still have my reservations about him at grade one level fury road that albert bartlett form is very good as we've all seen it but i just think ronald pump uh he might be, be trained by matthew smith but i think he's quite an exciting horse and out of for me, um, the Irish division, he would be at the top of my list at the moment. But I think Fury Road would be the danger. But Ronald Pump, I really do like him. And I think he would be where my money is going come the day. And Paul Callahan, what do you think? Yeah, I'd agree with Chris. He, he ran an absolute cracker. He flew home um, in the Hatton's Grace behind Honeysuckle. The Matthew Smith who trains, he's a real shrewd operator trains around Kilmeston area in, in County Mead, does incredibly well with what he has. Um, I think French Dynamite, I'm going to take a chance on the, on the Mouse Morris train, Gellin, who was second, I think only about a half a length separated French Dynamite and Sire de Borle when the pair met at Navin in the Lismullen hurdle back on the 8th of November. French Dynamite stepping up in trip, 
does like to make the run and I'm gonna take a chance here that that he's gonna get an easy lead and or a relatively easy lead and can somewhat dictate the fractions to his own liking and, and I think might just be watching each way crack here. As I said, is stepping up and trip, but only half a length separated himself and Sire de Borley. And I don't although it was a relatively comfortable half length, but I think the betting has it somewhat out of the part like I think it's it's slightly uneven here. I think if Sire de Borley is around the seven to four mark, I think French Dynamite shouldn't be hovering around the round sixteens. Fury Road's form is solid and I can't see Ronald Pump can be highly strong. That would be the only thing. But he never he can be a little bit wired, but I suppose that behind closed doors it'll help him. And it would depend on how many line up here. He did look quite relaxed at Farias, however. But um I'm gonna take an each way crack here with French Dynamite. Yeah, um, there's thirteen entries so far, it might might change between now and then. Um on my notes for this, Mark, I've got that you're laying Thomas Darby, but obviously he's now no longer going to be able to travel. Um, and that's so very unfortunate because um, I really, I was really confident on this one. I mean, I know this horse is very, very keen. Um, struggled to get home over two months for Cheltenham. Um, practically tailed off. Hate will probably hate the ground around three miles yielding around Leperstown. Um, I think this this horse would have been tailed off on the day. And he, was, he was fourteen to one in the bang. You could have laid him maybe the four and five place market. I can see Chris Loder. He looks devastated now. He thinks this is a one on one. Um, I think you could have laid this at two to one, nine to four in the place market. Um, I just I couldn't have him at all um, over this trip, let alone in this sort of ground, which is unfortunate. So I will be firing a blank in this race, unfortunately. Hope you're not firing blanks elsewhere, Mark. Right. It, it was going so well, Katie. Um, <laughs> going so well. You set it up for me. Um, <laughs> apologies. Um, <laughs> I've made myself blush, so that's good. Um, okay, so to wrap up, we've got Chris Loder with Ronald Pump at 7-2. And we've got Paul Callahan agreeing, but maybe with an each way angle on French Dynamite whilst the odds are still so wide at 16 to one best price available. And uh, Mark setting this one out, which I don't know if we're allowed. We're allowed to yeah, be allowed. That, that, that was nicely put. Yeah, it was, it was out of my, my control, wasn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. Could you not just pick the favourite? I'd be going with Fury Road. I love that one. I've done enough. I've done enough of that this evening. Um, I've got to change the trend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on to the two twenty-five Stables Steeplechase Grade One, still at Leopardstown. Shall we start with Mark? Yes. Um, maybe another wild selection here. Um. A few eyebrows may be raised. I see you're raising yours already, Kay. But <laughs> Anticipation. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take a chance on Sam Crow at a price. Um, Chris Loder, a look of approval. Um, I just think these te testing conditions over female will play right into his hands. Uh, the complete opposite to my to Thomas Darby uh, profile. Whilst this horse is going to absolutely love the slog, um, will stay. Um, Ran well last time behind Easy Game and Battle over Doyne. That's form looks looks decent. Um, I just think he's been crying out for this sort of trip and this sort of ground. I think he's a massive price at eighteen to one. 
and this is this is nap territory. I can't I can't decide between this and Figueroa. I do think eighteen to one's massive, and obviously Gordon Elliott he won the race last year, and I just think that this could be a new lease of life for Sam Crow with this sort of trip. And he's he's not he he seems like he's been around for a long time. He's only an eight year old, so he's off one sixty here as well. I mean, he's got a bit to find. But I just think this trip, I think he can be competitive. I can, I can't see him out the three here. I. He, I agree with you. He's one of those horses that feels like he's been around forever. Um, but I currently can't see away from the favourite at the moment. Um, what about you, Paul? Yeah, I agree in agreeance with you, Katie. Um, Manel Endo has never finished out, incredibly, has never finished out of the first three. And that includes a win and a point to point. Um, Form looks absolutely solid and it looks looks as good as ever this season with victories at Wexford. Got the job done towards the end of October. That was backed up with, with justifying odds on favours in a, a grade two at Navin back on the twenty second of November. And I, I fancy Manel Endo to to uh, confirm the, the bet. I think it's priced accordingly here. I think Manel Endo takes the lead. Chris, are you agreeing? Yeah, I do agree. I think uh, Mark's point about Sam Crow is really interesting going up to three miles. I think it's going to be his first time if he does tackle it over three miles. So it's kind of now or never with him. And this is probably going to be the year if he's ever going to have a crack at a race like the Cheltenham Gold Cup, he, he's going to have to do it. He would have to bounce back, I would think, from that down Royal effort. Um, just doubts to the back of my mind there. But if he was to run at Cheltenham, I would be interested in, in him. I would expect a nice race from him at least here. But not a betting proposition for me i have to agree with paul though about manello indo he's my idea at this stage of the cheltenham gold cup winner um i think he's really taken his form to another gear this year or he just appears to be a more sound jumper thought last year he, he wasn't quite so slick at a few of his obstacles you know um so i do think he has come forward a lot and this is kind of the angle I like for for like the Gold Cup campaign, um, I think I think he's going to take the world of beating. The one I would just worry about now, presenting Percy at the back of my mind. I just was really taken with him the way that he won at um, when he won at uh, Thurles the last day, uh, beating Kenboy and Monolly. I just think, I think I've read somewhere that Gordon Elliott's had a few of the Pat Kelly horses and he's actually won with all of them. So I'm not sure if people were slagging off presenting person. I know people were slagging him off, but maybe he was just with the wrong trainer. Now he's with Gordon Elliott. He's really got to the bottom of him. And even last season, he ran a couple of encouraging performances and he did look like his old self the last day. And he, I think he ran not too badly in this race last year. It was the Irish Gold Cup forget which one he ran not too badly and but if I was to have a bet outside of Manello Indo it probably would be presenting Percy but I do hope Manello Indo goes and gets the job done and then it's all roads hopefully Irish Gold Cup and then Cheltenham Gold Cup and he goes and wins yeah Manello um, Indo is currently 2-1 to one, whereas presenting Percy is best price available with Skybet at 92 um and then mark selection sam crows currently um i can find best price available at 12 one so getting on at those eight teams is an interesting shout well done mark um i think with 
20 horses entered into it so far, none of which are jocked up, I don't think. It's a lot could change between now and then. Um, but it looks it looks like it's Manila Indos for, for the winning. So on to the 29th, which seems impossibly far away at the moment, uh, the 2.25 Matheson Hurdle Grade 1. Um, we finished with Chris last time, so let's start with you this time. Yeah, um, all eyes here are going to be on the rematch between um, St. Roy and Abacadabras. I think this is where the match bet might be going. I do think St. Roy had so many excuses as long as as uh, as long as you like really um last time out you know he was keen but he was still traveling the best i thought mark welsh didn't particularly give him the best ride you know got him. sorry for interrupting you there um can you just re uh rekindle the, the conversation you had with me after that race what how, how the hell did he lose that yeah you were chris loader was not a happy chappy this is probably the most angry i've ever seen chris loader <laughs> it, it to, to me he just because it's such a it was such a small field it wasn't a big field i it's just the amount of blind alleys he kept finding I, he was clearly in my opinion the best horse in the race and i know paul is a massive abacadabras fan and he can have his say in a minute um but to me in a battle he doesn't do it at all and i think the race probably was run to suit um was run to suit Abacadabras more on the day, whereas I think it'll be a different kettle of fish here. And I'm hoping St. Roy can do the business because I do think he is the biggest threat to Epiton come the champion hurdle. It will be difficult for him to give the seven pounds away, but he's a county hurdle winner. You know, he looked very classy on his return at Tipperary. Arguably very unlucky is the diplomatic answer uh, last time out. Um, in the um oh god the names escape me now the grade one oh jeez morgiana um was very unlucky in the morgiana and i just think if he gets a rub of the green here he'll take all the beating and uh hopefully will put himself about 10 lengths clear between himself and abacadabras go on then paul callahan argue the case for abacadabras well i think as um as much as St. Wise, St. Wise, um, alleys were getting blocked the last day. Abercrombie's is a horse who doesn't like to be in front all that soon. I think it, it possibly cost him a supreme. I don't know. Maybe D Davy Russell got there a tad sooner than he would have liked. Um, against Shishkin, however, I'm not saying that with the right. The the Davy played the, the the cards he was dealt. He kind of have to at the same time he was traveling before heads turned for home, and he didn't want to disappoint the horse either. Um, one that could be a little bit. He was. I was disappointed with him in Down Royal, when asked by our tower. I think it's fair to say was was underestimated, and I think it could be the same case here. Looking at the prices, Abercrombie's I'm looking at is two to one. Aspire Tower is nine to two. I think Aspire Tower is hugely overpriced at, at that. Um, but I'm going to stick with Abercrombie's. He's a horse that I fancied to go champion order route, and looking at Epitante so far. You know, you're looking as if you're going to be playing for a place, but I'm going to stick to that. I think he's, I think he's going to be there thereabouts, but I think it's going to take 
that peach of a ride from the jockey. I think it's going to take a, a last minute. You know, you're not going to want to see Abercadabras hitting the front until well apps are landing at the, the last. And Mark, anything else to add into the mix? I can understand uh, both Paul and Chris's arguments. I think St. Roy um, was quite a questionable ride, to say the least, last time out. Um, be absolute mayhem and running on the bet for exchange. I am um, not so sure about the distance bet, Chris Lord. I think 10 lengths is being a bit overconfident in that, that department. But I do like one of um, Paul Callan's Abba Cadabras. Uh, but the mouthful reminds me because I know that's one of Paul Callan's top. Was it top 10 to follow? It's two plugs within yes. 30 seconds. Yeah. I'm doing well. Um, I do think that Sharjah. Um, it's a bit overpriced here. I know it hasn't run since July, but if you look at that form behind Epitonte at Cheltenham um, and Honeysuckle, I mean, that, that's good form. Um, what price is Sharjah currently at the moment? Let me check. I can find is 8 to 1 with Betfair. Okay, 8 to 1, all blue as well. Um, I do think that if this horse is fit and ready to go, could run a race, um, could be a good each way selection here. I wouldn't be too put off by any jockey bookings as well. Um, Danny Mullins, David Mullins, Patrick Mullins, doesn't matter. I just think if this horse is fit and ready to go, um, could be dangerous to the top three in the bank. Interesting. I will follow Aspire Tower off a cliff. I just, there's something about the horse that I just love. Um, it's one of those I always have a little bet on when it runs. So to round that one up, we've got Chris Loder with St. Roy, Paul Callahan with Abbott Cadabra, and Mark kind of siding with St. Roy, but also considering Jar at H21. So that's everything that we're covering. Has anyone else got anything to add or any other bets for the week? This is Chris Lord's favorite part of the show. Yeah, this is this <laughs> I is. I can see him on the edge of his seat. This is this is camera. this is the nap um, of Christmas for me. Oof. Um, I've already had a bet on, which isn't like me. Um, I I normally leave it until the day. I don't normally get stuck in too many anti posts. Um, the race actually is before any races we've ever covered. Actually, it's the one fifteen at Kempton on Boxing Day. This novice handicap chase always is a red hot piece of form to follow throughout um, the season. Uh, was a really good uh, race last year, won by Comanche Red. He had simply the bets in there as well on the slopes from Chris Gordon Yard and Mr. McGough. And the first four went on to run really good races later on in the season. Now, in that race last year, I was all over Mick Shannon's hold the note. Um, all over him and he was really unlucky he was brought down through no fault of his heart no fault of his own horse in front of him fell when he was brought down when he was still there in contention you know still traveling very strongly after that race he went to warwick and was just out battled by kim bailey's two for gold he was put up by the handicapper to a mark of 145 after that run he was raised 12 pounds he then ran in the close brothers and finished third behind one of Paul's uh, favourite horses, Imperial Aura. I was all over him for that race, but I still think he ran with credit there and he just bumped into one on the day. He, we've already seen him a couple of times 
already this season and he ran uh, last time out at Cheltenham over three miles losing to Kim Bailey's happy-go-lucky who could be a player in the National Hunt Chase at the festival um, hold the note it's really interesting he's going to be second season novice lining up in here off a mark of 138 he's dropping down in trip from three miles to two and a half miles and I think uh, Tom Scudamore has already been booked for this Connections won this race in 2018 with, you might remember, a horse called Glenn Forcer, who at one point was the favourite for the Arkle. So it's a race they like to target. He's ran about 10 to 1 in places. I think come the day he could be favourite. And I think off a mark of 138, he's £7 lower than when he was running behind Imperial Aura, you know. And he ran well for a long way at Cheltenham. He was st- st- At one point, I thought he was going to get the job done, but he just got tired up the hill. Dropping back down and trip. To a race he was running in really well in last year, I think he's a massive player, and I am all over him for this race. And I think well, you've sold it to me. I think, I think, yeah, I think this is a really good uh, bet here, and I can't believe I don't know if there's still ten to one out there. That was the price I got. There won. is. It's ten to one most places. Um, Betfair, Coral, Ladbrokes, and Paddy Power. Yeah, um, this horse should be, I think, ten to three. I really do think three to one favourite for this race. I really do. So for me, uh, he is my bet of the Christmas week. Anything else to talk about or to plug, Mark? Um, Sand crawl. Um, three miles, soft ground. Looks like the one for me. Um, plugging wise, um, if anyone's having a bet, um, you can put a link into my work. We're doing some good offers with Betfair. Grab yourself twenty pounds free bet. We can put the link in the bio. Um, may as well take advantage of it, learn how to use the exchange. One thing I've found is that when people start using the Betfair exchange, they never go back. Chris Loder is living proof of that. I dip into it now and again, so I'm not always <laughs> on it. I'm not as hooked as you make out. Yeah. You love the Betfair exchange, Mark, and you love the light on. Yeah, yeah. Some people don't like it though. Um, you see it quite nice. It's so dirty. It's probably the wrong word of, of choice. Um, I'm just. It's a game of opinions. Um, and I think if the odds are wrong, I'll, I'll take advantage of it. That's more than reasonable. So finally, Paul Callahan, anything to add? Not a lot really. Uh, looking forward to seeing the big breakaway in the. Cardo Star, Novice Chase, and I'm looking forward to seeing Lost in Translation. Hopefully, I'm either going to be really happy or quite um, slightly deflated. There's worse things going on in the world. I think once he comes home safe and sound, but I'll be, I will, from a racing perspective, sporting perspective, I'll be quite deflated if he runs a similar race to, to last year. I'd love to see Lost in Translation get back on track. I don't think there's anyone that wouldn't even, all things money, it's just doesn't matter where your money is he's a horse with a great story and a great heart and it'll be nice to see him back on top yeah exactly so shall I hand back over to Mark to round up yes um, thanks for all your time Katie Clements carrying the team um, making sure all us boys behaved ourselves and what you think that we did um it's been great. Um, have a great Christmas, everyone. Um, make sure you follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Give us a like, give us a review, 
give us all a follow. Uh, we like a bit of interaction. Get yourself on the bet for exchange. However, gamble responsibly. Have a great week, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry yeah. Christmas. Have a great Christmas.